0: Hey everyone, what's up? It's Jeff from Modern Combat and Survival Magazine, and welcome to podcast episode number 228. Now listen, if you've followed us for any amount of time, you know that I I often get in my soapbox and I start preaching about the realities of the extreme close quarters gunfight as being the most likely attack that you're going to encounter. And one of the most critical skills that you can learn to survive at this distance is the contact shot. But this is also one of the most misunderstood means of shooting a handgun, which is why it's the topic of this week's podcast episode. And as usual, don't forget to grab this week's free show notes, including a handy dandy one page cheat sheet covering all the main points for you to refer back to over and over again at your leisure. All you need to do is head on over to www.mcsmagazine.com slash 228 and download it all absolutely free. And now let's talk tactics.
1: Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival.
0: Hello, hello everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat and Survival Magazine and executive director of the New Real Patriot Alliance with another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. And this broadcast is all about the contact shot. Now this is something that we talk about in our extreme close quarters combat shooting uh, manual that's all really about the realities of a real gunfight, which is that most likely you 're not going to be shooting at somebody from the the typical seven yards away or so that you see people training for down at the local gun gun range it 's most likely going to be within nine feet That is when these types of attacks happen that 's when bad guys are going to hold you up they 're going to be in close because they want it to look like you know if there 's anybody out and about if, if it 's in public. They don't want it to look like they're holding you up from 21 feet away, right? It's most likely going to be right up and close and personal where they can intimidate you, keep their voice down, and they can get right there in your face and just shock you, ambush you. And that's what it's going to be. If it's somebody that you know, it's most likely those attacks happen as part of a, um, a, a an escalated argument. So for all those reasons, you're most likely going to be in very, very extremely close quarters when you're attacked. Now, when that happens, that's going to change the dynamics of that gunfight. Are you going to be able to get to your gun? Are you going to be able to use your gun if you can even get it out of your holster? So there's a lot that's in, involved with that It's topics that we've covered in other podcasts and, and, and as well as in our extreme close Quar- quarters uh, shooting guide. Um, but this is specifically about one of the techniques for shooting that does work very well within the close quarter. Actually, it's it's almost required for you to be able to master this in extreme close quarters because of that. You, you, you most likely are going to have to be in that clinch. You might have to fight to your gun. There's going to be some sort of 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 element where you're going to be wrapped up with the person that you're on. So the contact shot, just to kind of tell you what it is, first for, the, for those that aren't familiar with it. A contact shot is where that the muzzle of the weapon, the muzzle of your handgun, is held up against the body of your attacker at the time of discharge. So when you pull that trigger, your muzzle is right up against their body. Now, what this does is, besides the bullet coming out of the end of, that, of the firearm, you also have everything else. You have the gas, you have the soot, metallic particles from... The you know, from just from the, the blast itself and, and potentially from the casing, you've got the primer residue, you've got the powder particles, all of that blast, basically that mini explosion is driven out of the end of the barrel. And if it's right there near the skin or right, right near the, the contact of their body, typically if, if it's not there, it's going to expel outside. It's going to go off to the side and it's going, it's not really going to, you know, it's definitely not going to harm your attacker, but with a contact shot, All of that gets pushed right there along uh, into the wound track along with the bullet. So that mini explosion does push more of those particles into the, the wound itself, but it also creates this, at the point of contact, it creates a larger entry wound as well. So if it's right there, it can rupture flesh. It can increase the size of that entry room, creating more trauma there, which can give you a better uh, um, uh, psychological stop potentially. and that person really, like that having an explosion hit your skin rather than a bullet entering the skin is going to be perceived different by your attacker. It could. Uh, but then also you have that that blast there that can create cause more blood um, you know more bleeding it can bleed out more it's going to cause more of a of a of damage at the, at that wound point okay so the contact shoot con- the contact shot from a damage standpoint can be a real it can help you with that uh, stopping power of your weapon but you wouldn't typically use it. On purpose, like you wouldn't run up to an attacker usually now, I say that usually um, because you wouldn't your speed being able to get that bullet out in the, on its way to your attacker is going to be the, the biggest thing that you want to get done, but there are some circumstances where you would run up to somebody and shoot it. so when would you use a contact shot? Uh, well, I can tell you that like we talk about if you 're going to have to fight to your gun or if you have your weapon out and somebody's trying to grab it and they 're trying to get a hold of it. Uh, that's why this is called a get off me gun. If you're, if you're wrapped up either in a clinch or you're ground fighting, then you might have to p- you put that weapon right into them and shoot. So when you are right body to body, then obviously a contact shot is a very, very good uh, way of, of getting your attacker away from you and inflicting damage that can potentially stop your attacker from hitting you. Um, also escaping from any sort of a hold. So If you've ever done any sort of martial arts, you know that, or or any self-defense classes, escaping from different types of holds that somebody might get you in, that could potentially even be life-threatening. So I'm thinking like a a rear choke hold, or if you're on the ground, somebody's choking you out. Those types of escapes can be very, very challenging, especially if you're up against somebody that really knows what they're what they're doing. Like anybody that's taken any mixed martial arts, any type of ground fighting any uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, things like that, they get you wrapped up in a headlock and they start putting that pressure on. You have like minimal amount of seconds before you are going to pass out or potentially even be choked out to death, potentially even by accident. So, yes, there are self-defense things that you can do to get out of this. But, hey, look, if you ever watch any UFC fights or or anything like that where you see somebody gets a good wrap around the neck there, they're tapping out. These are guys that know how to get out of headlocks, but you only, like I said, you only have a like minimal amount of seconds to be able to get out of that. And if somebody really wraps you up, it's not likely you're going to be able to do that. So being able to get to a your pistol and being able to shoot that person off of you is going to also help out. Uh, is going to be a good use for the contact shot okay now another way that you would use is if you are helping a victim so let's say that somebody is fighting somebody else and it's they let's say they have a knife or it looks like it's going to be a life or death scenario you try telling the person hey get off of them they don't stop if you feel that person's life is in danger and you have a, a firearm that you're going to be using to be able to stop that attacker then when when it's somebody else that's fighting with them, they could be rolling around. They could be moving around. So taking a distant shot, even a close distance shot, could potentially, that person could spin around, and all of a sudden you shot the, the person who was being attacked instead of the attacker. So that's where, again, a contact shot coming up to somebody and putting that right up to, whether it's their head or their body, but being able to shoot um, is going to be, that's another way that you would use a contact shot if it's not, if it's not you. All right. So there are lots of uses for the contact shot, especially as effective as it is. So let's talk about some of the considerations that you need to keep in, uh, keep in mind when you're looking at using the contact shot. So the first is what type of gun works best for gun, uh, for, for contact shots. So listen, we have semi-automatics and revolvers. Okay. Now there, there are pros and cons with both of these for the semi-automatic, you are definitely more prone to malfunctions because of a safety feature that is is typically built into more of the uh, the modern semi-automatics, where um, if the if the uh, if the slide is being pressed on, okay. So in other words, if you you go to push it into somebody and it's going to partially rack that slide back, well, there's a safety feature built into more most of the uh, modern semi-autos. Where the firing pin won't drop if the chamber is open. Because if you, if the chamber is partially open because the slide is partially back, then you could potentially be injured. I mean, it's, there's, it could potentially damage the, um, the chamber there, causing you where you're not going to be able to, be able to fire another round. So basically it's, that, that weapon is designed to fire with that, with the slide fully forward. So if you push it into somebody and it partially racks that slide back, that put- That potentially could take it out of battery all right so that 's what it 's called, and actually that 's a safety feature you kind of want it to, so you don 't want to press too hard so so you might not even get a contact shot with a semi automatic now there is there is a way around this i 'll tell you about that here in in just a minute all right um, so the other the other downfall of the semi semi is that if you do get one shot off, it's unlikely that you're going to be able to rack the slide for a follow-up because it most likely is going to be taken out of battery when that happens as well. Um, however, there is a benefit of uh, with a with a revolver of a semi-automatic over a revolver because a revolver you might not get that first shot off either. So it's possible if you do it the right way, and especially the way that I'll, I'll tell you about here in just a minute, you can at least get one of those rounds off with a semi-automatic. Now with a revolver, it does have a lot of advantages over the semi-auto because it's basically point and pull the trigger. That's, his, that's it. So you don't have to worry about the slide if it doesn't, if it doesn't chamber another round with, like it would uh, typically with a semi-automatic contact shot. With a revolver, as long as you keep pulling that trigger and as long as that cylinder can move, it's going to keep shooting. And you that one round might not be enough to get that person off of you or to be able to stop them. So you might need multiple rounds to be able to do that. And a revolver is going to give you the better advantage there because you can just keep pulling that trigger. Now, the the challenge with the revolver, though, is it doesn't take much pressure to stop the cylinder from being able to turn so that you can get that shot off. So you can do this if you have any kind of revolver. Uh, take out, make sure you have all the ammunition out of it. But a lot of people have never tried this before, but go ahead and hold on to the revolver and then take your other, your support hand and just hold on to the chamber of the weapon just, and and you'll be able to see that it doesn't take much pressure for you to grip onto the revolver where you can't even pull the trigger back. It's not going to turn the cylinder. It's not going to fire that weapon. All right. So when we're talking about contact shots now, when you're right up close to somebody it is possible that they could get wedged, you know, the gun could get wedged in between you. If it's a ground fighting scenario, you pull out your weapon or it's, it's you had your weapon out, but he's on top of you and, and you're struggling around, you might not be able to get that weapon turned to be able to get the contact shot. And if you do, there might be clothing or something else that, or even just the pressure of your two bodies that would stop the cylinder from going and you're not going to get that, that round off either. Okay, So you really have to be very, very cautious of that. Now, one of the other advantages of a revolver, though, is in the the hand grip itself. The hand grip on like a snub-nosed revolver is going to be easier to hold onto. It's more ergon- ergonomic for your hand than a, a semi-automatic pistol is. Now, why is that important? Well, when we're talking about close distances here, being able to retain your weapon is critical okay you don't want to lose that weapon you don't want to get uh, taken out of your hand or or lodged out of your hand because you're you're wrestling around you want to hold on to that And because of the the round type hand grip for a revolver you're going to be able to hold on to it and retain the revolver much better than you would with a semi-auto now the other important aspect of this when it comes to the contact shot is that because you are doing damage right there at the skin surface you are very likely going to get essentially, blood blowback, okay? Because it's right there and it's going to rupture that skin, there's going to be potentially even bone fragments that come back to you, but you're creating this mini explosion at the skin and there very, very well could be this blowback of blood. Now, blood is very slippery. And again, we're talking about close quarters combat where you could be wrestling around this person trying to gain either gain access to your weapon or not gain access to your weapon, but you'd already have it. But you're going to be kind of just wrestling around trying to retain that weapon so when you shoot and the blood comes back and it's very slippery you need to be able to hold on to that weapon and the revolver is going to be much better at that than a semi-automatic okay um now when considerations for choosing that okay you want one with if you, so one i recommend that you do use a revolver now this is something that i've changed with as well so you you most likely have you as you've heard me kind of Really analyze things, and that's how I operate. Like I analyze real gunfights and what's really going to happen in a gunfight. And so I've changed my mind over the years about what I carry and why I carry it. So you might have heard me say something even a couple podcasts ago. Um, and and listen, I've care. I've typically carried a Glock 26 as my backup, um, which I I do like my Glock 26. I've recently switched over to my Ruger nine, uh, my Ruger LCR nine millimeter as a with an ankle carry for the purposes of if it's going to be my my backup gun for a get off me gun if I'm if I am uh go if I'm like wrestling around if and I'm on the bottom there and I can't get to my appendix carry Glock 19 uh, I might be able to get my ankle up there to be able to reach down and get grab my uh my my snub nose revolver and again that round uh grip on it is going to be easier for me to get to than that square grip. So another reason why I switched over to that. Okay, so um, when you do choose a revolver, or if you do choose to go with a revolver, as I have, you want to get one with um, with a shrouded hammer. So in other words, the hammer is not exposed as it would be on, on as you would normally see on most on most revolvers. Now the problem with those exposed hammers is again, when we're talking about close quarters combat, it, that hammer can get snagged up on clothing, and so it might. It might not fire at all if it gets snagged up or it could, if you do, if you are able to get that one round off, clothing or something else might get lodged in between the hammer. It might, it might not even be able to get that round off. So you might even be able to get the hammer back, but it doesn't strike the firing pin because something gets uh, snagged in between there. Or if you, on your, on follow-up shots, it can do the same thing. So every time that hammer goes back, you have another chance of it getting snagged up and not being able to shoot with a shrouded hammer. That hammer is not exposed there. And so that is going to, you're not going to have to worry about that. Um Now, this does make the revolver double action only, but a snubby isn't best used for longer distance shots anyway. So you don't have the ability to be able to pull back the hammer and lock it back so that you can get that first shot accuracy. But again, we're talking about the purposes of this is really for like a, a contact shotgun anyway. All right. Okay, so those are the considerations for the firearm itself. Now let's talk about how to employ it. You really need to know the limitations of the firearm. You need to understand that you may not get a second shot. You need to understand that you may take your gun out of battery if it's pressed too hard, okay? So when you are employing it, you may not necessarily want to just shove that right into somebody. Now, again, with a revolver, you have a better chance of that happening. But if you're going to go with a semi-automatic and you shove that into somebody... Then you're going to, you're going to typically take that out of, take the weapon out of battery and not even be able to get that round off. Now you can test this with your own semi-automatic pistol. If you take it and, and make sure all of the ammunition is out of it, I don't, you don't even have to have a magazine in it. So you clear the chamber, take out the, the magazine, make sure there's no ammunition in the gun, and just push it up against something that's soft. So you can even just use a, um, like a mattress on, on the bed. When you push it in, Go ahead and you'll be able to notice when you when you first make contact, go ahead and rack the slide, uh pull the trigger, you'll be able to feel the the firing pin hit the I'm sorry, the, the hammer the hammer fit hit the firing pin and it'll go off just fine, right? Now do that rack the slide again and now push in on the uh until the slide comes back some and try to do that again. And you'll know whether or not your firearm has that safety feature built in where you're not able now to To get that hammer to, that firing pin to drop, to be able to strike the, uh, the bullet, to be able to make it go off. So, you'll notice there, it doesn't take that much pressure. So, this is one of the things I noticed on my Glock 26, that for contact shots, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't necessarily going to be the best there. So, a way around that would be to just make contact with the skin and not shove it in. The problem with that is that in close quarters, when you're in a contact shot position, you're likely, you don't even know your own strength. You're not likely to, to know how much you're pushing it in. So, and you are more likely to shove that right into somebody because you're fighting with this person. So that's, that's a challenge right there. Um, so if you do have it, you want to make sure that you do only make contact and don't push in as much as possible. Okay. Um, the other thing that you can do with a semi-auto, and this is what I was telling that if, because of that, when you're shoving it in there, one thing you can do is to make sure that you're also shoving in on the slide itself. Now, you can do this with two hands by taking your support hand and gripping it on the gun. And this is one of the things we teach with retention. Oftentimes, if you you, you grip the gun with both hands, if somebody's trying to wrestle it away from you, and there are ways that you can maneuver the gun around to be able to break free from their grasp. But with a contact shot and, and just shooting that person off of you, if you hold onto that slide and you basically try to, push it forward on a contact shot, then that will help it to stay within battery. So you can get that first round off. Now that is going to take it out of battery. It's not going to typically chamber that next round. You're going to, cause you're holding it forward there and that you're, you're not probably not going to get that second round. You're probably gonna have to rack the slide to get another round in there. Okay. Um, but that is one way that you can get the contact shot off. Now, if you do have a striker fired weapon like a Glock where it doesn't have an exposed hammer there, One thing you can do with one hand, you can just take your thumb and put it on the back of the slide and then shove that in, but you need to push in really hard on the thumb and that's going to help you be able to keep that that slide from coming back and taking the weapon out of battery also. Um, don't worry about it taking off your thumb. If you, if you do get that round off, you're pushing forward. It's going to, you're not going to really have to worry about that, but it is going to help you to get that first round off there. Okay. So that is one workaround. If you're going to continue to use a semi-automatic, right? Again, with a, uh, with a revolver, it's going to give you a lot. It's there's it's going to take out a lot of those factors that could be a challenge for you. That's why it is more reliable as a close quarters. Get off me type gun as a backup. All right. Another thing you need to understand when you're employing it is you need to understand you need to know what that bullets path is going to be. OK, so when you shoot a contact shot, um, you might not it might not be in a place that's going to stop that that round from over penetrating and going out the other side of your attacker. Okay. It could be let's like, say like an abdomen shot. Let's say somebody's on top of you. Um, there might not be any bone that's stopping that. You might not even have a whole lot of cavity that you're shooting into. It might not be like center mass where it's going through a rib cage and organs and muscle tissue. And, and, and you know, that, that, that strong, that strong uh, torso that, that, that uh, is meant to house your lungs and protect your lungs and your heart. And that, so if it you you could you know look if you shoot up and you're on the ground and you shoot up into somebody that could go up and strike somebody else. So I'm not saying that's your primary concern because you got somebody on top of you gonna gonna kill you, but you do need to understand the, uh, what that path of that bullet's gonna be. That's especially important if you are saving somebody that's being um, hit by somebody or you know but being attacked by somebody else lethally by somebody else. If you go and you stick it in the back of somebody that's strangling somebody up against the wall and you shoot into them, well, that bullet can go through that person and into the, the victim, essentially. So the person that you're trying to protect, you could actually end up shooting that person also. So you need to make sure that you understand that that bullet assume that it's going to go through that the person that you're shooting and you're responsible for where that where that bullet goes. OK, so definitely know what your backstop is. right. So now let's talk about the training of it. So you definitely want to test your gun to know its limitations. We already talked about a way that you can test to see if your, your firearm has that built in safety mechanism. If it's a semi-automatic, where if the slide comes back, so you can just use a mattress for, for that test to see if you're semi-automatic, how well it's designed for a contact shot. Okay. Again, if you, if you find that it does have that safety feature built in, and it's like uh, something like a, a like a 1911 type design, or it's something with an exposed hammer, um, realize that you're going to need a second hand on that potentially just to be able to get that first round off. So that is a big limitation if you're looking at that type of weapon for your backup gun. Okay, so you can just use the mattress test there. Um, again, with a revolver, I want you to go ahead and grab the cylinder to make sure that you understand that it's potentially not going to budge if it's all wrapped up on it, it with too much pressure on it. So you need to understand that when taking a, your firearm down to the live fire range, it's best to do this with an instructor, somebody that, that really understands contact shots and can, can show you the, the elements of it, how to train with it, uh, the effects that it will be maybe even potentially using like ballistic gelatin or, uh, something like a pig carcass or something like that, that you can really see the effects of it. And it's really important to be able to do that. But, this is really hard to come by. It's it's really hard to come by instructors that even teach the the contact shot. <clears throat> so so it, but try and find one if you if you can find somebody. So it's one question to ask an instructor if you are looking for instruction out there. Now if you are relatively um, if you are well trained with a firearm, you can go out to a live fire range if they will let you. Again, it's it's hard to find a range that you can do these types of things. But if you can find a range or it, whether it's a private range or just one that you is more lenient, you can take something like a two by four that's out there and you can wrap some foam around it. Something that will allow you to have some give there. So like basically simulate it being pushed into somebody's skin. Uh Just make sure that the post, I mean, look, if it's, if it's one that's holding up their, their range targets, then, you know, you don't want to start, you know, doing many explosions of contact shots into that. Um But, but typically it's not going to do that much damage to it. And those two by fours are going to get hit by, you know, stray rounds oftentimes anyway. But it is it is good to bring your own type of a two by four post or something like that that you can use out there. Wrap it with some foam, just duct tape it there that you can push into push the firearm into it. So you can see the damage that it does to that foam that was wrapped on there. You can see the damage that it does to the two by four of course always make sure you're using proper hearing protection and especially proper eye protection because you are right there at the point of impact with it it's it's safe it's it's going to be relatively i mean it's we always have to you know main nothing is always 100 percent safe but this is something that you can practice safely down at the range and and you really should because you do need to get used to pushing that weapon into something and and firing it off there okay um, so definitely this is something that does require more than just knowledge. It does with as with any firearm skill, taking it to the live fire range, practicing it in uh, in dry fire as well is going to be very, very helpful. All right. OK, well, that is a quick crash course on the contact shot. If you want to know more information about this and extreme close quarters, combat shooting. In particular, then you, uh, you can check out our website over at CloseCombatShooting.com. That will give you some more information there as well. And until our next Modern Combat and Survival broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive.
1: This has been Modern Combat and Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment.